Welcome to Treasure Valley Podcast. I am Chuck. Today's episode is brought to you by Lower Gentry Studios. Here at Lower Gentry Studios, we create thought-provoking content with integrity, and we enjoy every aspect because we are hedonists. You can go to www.lowergentrystudios.com to check out all our original content, which includes this podcast, two feature films, and a web series entitled Canyon County. Wow, you said that a lot faster this time. And the, Good and work. The, and the uh, theme music. That going. was great. Thank you. I Thank love you very that. Much. <laughs> Today with us we have our guest Alvin from hey. 2C Family Brewing. Alvin from 2C Fam. We got uh, Elliot. And yeah, I'm normal. Zoe. Actually, and I should, Zoe. Should go that 2C Fam. I yeah. tried to beat you. I really wanted to introduce myself. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I'm Zoe. <laughs> so why is why is today special? Today is special because on this day in history, in 1997, October 15th, Andy Green. A famous British uh, Royal Air Force pilot broke the land speed record. He broke the sound barrier in a car. Wait, Way to a go, car? Andy! <laughs> Way yeah. to go, Andy! A jet-powered yeah. car. Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Oh, when I I thought that was in a plane, like a jet. No land land speed record. Oh man, I really didn't listen very land. well. So basically, they had made it, they made land. a car yeah. into a jet, and then yeah. instead of the wing-producing lift that would put it in the air, it just kind of slammed it down into the ground so it wouldn't go anywhere. Have you guys ever seen the movie Indian? No. You uh-uh. should watch that movie. Yeah. It's about a guy who drove a 1955... Right. A little bit closer to the mic there, Alvin. Uh, okay. A 1955 Indian and broke the land speed record with duct tape on his Indian. He basically <gasps> duct taped all together, including him, and he burned his legs and everything. It's, it's oh. a really cool story, though. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. i got to watch that. It's called yeah. The Indian? It's called in- The Indian, yeah. They got another one okay. coming out about the, the guy that uh, raced the... Ford GT. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that I'll be watching that. Yeah, I want to see that. I'm a I'm a car geek, anyway. So I I know nothing about cars. Yeah. Yeah. So all of this this conversation has been very. Usually they go forward if you put it in D, whatever that means. Yeah, yeah. And then backwards if you put it in R, which doesn't make any sense because it starts with an R. Yeah. And not B. I'm always looking for B for backwards. Shoot an F and B. Yeah. Forward and back. Yeah, that's it. That would make the most sense. Yeah. Oh man! Right on. So, so we have we have uh, the the two C family brewery guy. So should we talk about beer? Today? Yes, we have a special be beer episode for all of you. All right, here it comes. We have a we have a jingle though. Ready for the jingle? I'm ready. Okay, here it comes. Beer, 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 yeah. I like that. I like yeah. that. I was getting into it right there at the end. Yeah. <laughs> our, yeah. our theme songs always leave you wanting more. Yeah. We're going to have to turn it into an album at some point. <laughs> oh, we'll do the three minute versions. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I think that one's supposed to go for 12 minutes. That's oh. like the epic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the backside. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and flip over to side two for right, the beer right. theme. For, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we don't have any beer. Uh, I know I didn't even think about that as I we were transitioning either. in here. Yeah, I was drink, thinking of it as I was driving to your studio about I should have gone back and gotten beer, but That's, then I would have been late. Yeah, well, it's okay. We can talk about beer. Actually, I wanted to talk you about talk to you about business today. That's even more important yes. because I think uh, we're in an interesting environment right now where there are a lot of microbreweries mm-hmm. opening. So there are people that the market must not be saturated. Yep. And there are a lot of people that are out there trying to do what you're doing. Right. Mm-hmm. And there must there must be some very valuable lessons that you have picked up in the process of opening a brewery and things that with regulations along with the business end. Yeah. How much time do we have here, Chuck? Um, we usually run about 20 minutes. So. Okay. Yeah. So. But what, do- real fast, though, we should probably say that 2C Family Brewing is in downtown Nampa. Yes. 
<laughs> across the street. It's uh, it's on what street is that? It's on First Street South, twelve fifteen First Street South, okay. downtown Napa. Yeah. So if you guys know where the new the taco place is, Mesa Tacos, right? It's right next door. Yeah, we're right? Mesa's right next door. We got Holy Cow across the street. We got Messenger Pizza across. We have all three food groups right <laughs> next door, which you can bring into our place and drink our beer and eat. And then we have uh, Prefunk. Uh, beer bar which is one of the best beer bars actually it is the best beer bar in all of treasure valley so i think yeah I mean, you like you like prefunk i love prefunk yeah yeah I, I used to love the one downtown but i guess it's not prefunk no they're no, they're, to, they're changing yeah. they're changing it to they're post ch- funk or they're gonna go, they're, the funk they're yeah. gonna they're gonna put a restaurant there well. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah 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 no i just yeah. remember reading the article where it's yeah, just yeah. like we're not gonna prefunk anymore we're gonna no, be post funk yeah. yeah or something yeah. i don't know we anyway. have a post fuck saison that we have on tap so oh really yeah <laughs> it's an homage to them yeah so. <laughs> awesome Aww. yeah so okay so so the thing with um what's the first thing that somebody should have in mind if they think to themselves i want to open a brewery i'm gonna uh, do this examine yourself very closely <laughs> and make sure you can handle it because it is a very, uh, everybody will tell you it takes twice as much money and twice as much time to open a brewery as you think. It actually takes three or four times as much money and three or four times as much time to open a brewery. So there's that. Um, yeah, I was I was going to talk to the whole why breweries are exploding thing. Is that okay? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So oh, can we get you just a little bit closer? To yeah, the sure. Yeah. yeah, I'll get my seat up here. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Is that better? Yeah, it's better. Okay, Perfect. Okay, so um, everybody looks at breweries as a gold mine. Basically, it's a money printing machine, and it's not. Absolutely mm-hmm. not. So, uh, is that just the analysis of the cost for production versus the? Well, you have a huge capital cost in your equipment. Okay. Yeah. Right, and in your space, for example, we spent almost uh, a little bit over twelve thousand dollars just on the floor itself. Oh my gosh! Wow. You know, and then you got the equipment. And our equipment cost us around $140,000 total. And then you have the building that you have. And uh, if you've never been there, it's a 115-year-old building. So we're like shoehorning a brewery into a place that never meant to have a brewery in there. Yeah. You know, yeah. So so that, it, that in itself is cost costly but at the same time you get that ambiance when you come in there of the mm-hmm. old brick and the old wood and yeah. everything like and the that. location too and the location yeah. is perfect yeah mm-hmm. we couldn't ask for a better location than where we're at. um but everybody sort of looks at it like i can make a lot of money at well you're not going to get rich running a brewery mm-hmm. you're doing it because you love running a brewery or you love beer that's the only reason to do it right mm-hmm. i mean i'm sure you guys do podcasts because you just love doing podcasts no no we do it for the money do you really? Yeah. No. <laughs> Is there a lot of money? <laughs> Should I be doing something else? Yeah, I mean, I mean, you walk through our house. You obviously know there's a lot of money in this. <laughs> yeah, this is... <laughs> Everybody is watching this. They have a palatial mansion right here yeah. in downtown Napa. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Built on this podcast. Yes. Yeah. Yep. But no, yeah, we, we enjoy just bringing people on, chatting yeah. with them. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. So so you got to love it. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the first thing. If you don't love it, you can't make it work. Uh, I've been to breweries where it's obvious the love isn't there, mm-hmm. you know, and it's obvious to people. Uh, we created 2C Family, and we call it 2C Family Brewing because we want everybody to feel like they're part of our family when they come in our place, right? And that's what we try to promote when you come in there. We're, well, promote's the wrong word. We try to to instill in people when they come in that they're our family. That's 
more like it. So anyway, so yeah, the business of brewing is, uh, so four years ago, there were 3,000 craft breweries, about 3,200 in the United States. Now there's over 8,000. Dang. Uh, the, the Brewers Association is estimating that there's two and a half breweries opening every day in wow. the United States. Dang. Wow. Yeah. So that is like, you talk about your saturation, right? So mm-hmm. there are clearly markets where it's been saturated. Napa is not one. Mm-hmm. We're 100,000 people. When I tell other brewers that we're the third brewery to open in, in 100,000 people, they go, are you crazy? How do I get in on that? Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, so, uh, there's towns in Colorado with 18,000 people that have 18 breweries. Yeah. Wow. Wow. And they're successful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, well, I mean, yeah, even when you go to Bend, like how big is Bend? Bend's yeah, like 60,000 exactly, people, but there's right? like 70 breweries. There. Well, yeah. even, even if you go to Baker City where, where Barley Browns is, right, there's another brewery going in there. There are only 9,000 people live in that town. Yeah. So in the old days, you know, you'd have a brewery for every five, four or 5,000 people. So if Napa, if you extrapolate the, to Napa, we should have 20, 30 breweries there. Oh, wow. You know, and Boise only has about 20 breweries. Mm-hmm. And they're like three times as big as us. So, so there's still room. There's still room. Nice. You just have to find your niche. Right on. Yeah. yeah. So do you think like the do you think the the, the breweries that have kind of gone by the wayside because I know of a few in in, yeah. in the Treasure Valley. So that, that's basically just been a faulty business model. Because I, I remember like people were talking about a couple of years ago. Oh, we're reaching like brewery saturation. Yeah, it's points. not brewery saturation. It, it's sat. It it it's the fact that the quality of brewing isn't. Oh yeah. Up yeah. there. Yeah. Here. True. And then, uh, I mean, you compare us to Portland, you compare us to Bend or Seattle or any of those places where a brewery pops up every day almost. Mm. And the thing is, is they have to make their beer the best they can, right? Where people are going to come in and say, that's the best beer I can have. That's what we're trying to do. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, I think part of it is beer quality and part of it is they make the same kind of beer as everybody else. So they haven't defined their niche. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I suppose when you're around here, it's just like everybody has an IPA, everybody has a payload. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. which is why we don't. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so yeah. did you make that decision before you opened? Absolutely. Ben? Like so you, yeah. You're kind of going, I mean, can you explain what, what you're doing with your beer? Sure. So we make Belgian and German inspired beers, which means a lot of lagers, which is uh, the hardest beer to make. And it's also... Uh, the newest trend in brewing is lagers, and we didn't do it because of the trend because we were planning on this three years ago. And um, the the rest of the industry is sort of, ca- oh, people are drinking. So instead of, not instead, but but in addition to our regular IPA, our hazy IPA, now we'll throw in a lager. Well, unless you know what you're doing with a lager, you can't really do that. Yeah. You really have to yeah. focus on it. It costs more to do a lager. It takes longer to do a lager. Uh, yeast is different. Um, the yeast doesn't activate unless it's very uh, low temperature, and stuff. And a lot of breweries aren't set up for that. So, um, the um, the other part of it was Mark Skibot, who's my business partner, and I really love Germans and Belgians. <laughs> <Okay>. So we <laughs> want. Well, there comes like the passion part, right? Yeah, exactly. Right? <laughs> yeah. Love. Well, I mean. It, if I go to my brewery and I go, ah, I'm tired of drinking my IPA, that's pretty bad, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I like, oh, I can drink a Saison or I can drink a Quad or I can, we just put on, by the way, secret, first announcement Sweet. ever. <gasps> we have a secret launch tonight of yeah. our chocolate Belgian Quad. Oh, wow. It's 12.5% full of chocolate. 
Oh, oh my gosh. Twelve and a half percent. And we I cut you. We cut you off after two because it's twelve and a half. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah. So we want to do that kind. That's of, probably pretty smart. Those kind of, yeah, The other thing we want to do is we want to go out in the world and beat the competition. Mm-hmm. So we're going up. We're actually entered in a um, competition next year in London to go up against Belgians and German beers. Oh, oh right. Oh my Dang. gosh. Yeah. Dang, that's awesome. Great. Yeah. And I have a, another little secret thing that could happen. I'm not sure if it's going to happen yet, but I've been talking with Prost about doing a blind taste testing, and if we can beat them, they will actually put on their very first American-made beer in Prost. Oh, nice. Heck yeah. Yes. Awesome. Yeah, so that's what we're going for. We're going for quality, and we're going for, for the top end of everything. Mm-hmm. It's just like a restaurant. You know, uh, Brick 29, which is a great restaurant here in Napa, they go for a really high-quality product, and yes. that's what we're trying to do as well. So, yeah. so if you define your niche correctly, you should be successful Mm-hmm. And if you don't, then you're just like everybody else, and then you got to really beat them on what everybody else is doing. And IPA, frankly, has become a commodity. It's I call it hot fatigue. I I got hot fatigue about three years ago, mm-hmm. you know, from drinking too many IPAs. Yeah. And uh, we get a lot of people come in thanking us. Don't thank you for not making such a hoppy beer. It, I'm kind of starting to feel that way too. And uh, the the beer that came into town from Delaware, the Dogfish Head. Dogfish Head, yeah. Yeah, they they've kind of they have a, a different take. It's the East Coast IPAs, which mm-hmm. are totally different from the West Coast IPAs. Yeah, and it's been kind of nice. It's been refreshing yeah. to have that yeah. that option. I mean, as well as your beers, I've been into your well, place thank you. Thank quite you. a yeah. few times, and it's nice to to go in there and not necessarily just default to yeah. The just IPA. Whatever, yeah, whatever the IPA is, you know. Uh, although we do have a Belgian IPA, but it's totally different. Yeah, it is completely different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, your Belgian yeah. IPA is delicious, though. Thank you. You, thank have you. An, you have an Imperial though, too, right? It's an Imperial. IPA. Oh, okay, that's the one I was. I was thinking you had a pale it's, ale on tap. Before we do have were, a pale. Oh, okay. Yeah, we did. Well, actually, it went off today. Oh, okay. So never mind. But we got it coming back. <laughs> yeah, it's coming back. So yeah, very good. So what what would you recommend besides? Uh, or what are some of your stories? Because obviously if somebody <laughs> needs to find a niche, yeah, um, you did that and you're talking about three years ago, you started to open the business. That's when we started. Yeah. And you guys opened your front doors over the summer, if yeah, I'm not mistaken. Yeah, wasn't that July? About three and a half weeks ago. Oh, three and a half months ago. Sorry. Yeah. Three and a half so months. Yeah. that's a long time. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Well, part of that was the building itself, okay. right? Because it takes a long time to re- rehabilitate an old building. Mm-hmm. Uh, part of it is that... Uh, we lost our head brewer, and so we had to wait a while to find somebody. Yeah, and then uh, and that happens to a lot of people. I didn't know that, but I found out later that that happens more than likely. Uh, the guy that we had was really great. He made our first five beers. We were actually brewing over at Edge Brewing. Mm-hmm. I want to shout out to Edge because they've been really good friends to us. Yay! Thanks, Edge. We love you. Yeah, we do. Um, <laughs> thanks for paying me. Oh yeah, yeah I also <laughs> contributing to the to Zoe's half of the market. Yeah, exactly. Great too, yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah, so they were really great. But uh, so he he was fantastic. He came to us from Reno, Nevada, and he was specified on Belgian beers, okay. which is exactly what we wanted. And all his beers got great reviews whenever we go. If you go look at our beers on Rate Beer or on Beer Advocate, we're like in the top 10 percentile, I would say. Oh, yeah. nice. Wow. In our beers. And part, part of that is because the first beers that came out were his, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So we got a new brewer. His name is Daniel Shammy, who's been on your show before. Yes. Yeah. And uh, Daniel has done a fantastic job, and we're getting the same kind of reviews from his beers as 
from those. That's the other part of getting a niche is you get a brewer who is more excited about making that than he is about making the next IPA. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, and Danny's so excited. I mean, yes, yeah. y'all let my uh, science of fermented food class come yes. in. Yes. Oh, you were in that class? I yeah. didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's and get, awesome. get talked to by Danny, and his excitement is just infectious. It and is And it infectious. really bleeds into the work. You know, you got to have that passion. Yeah, I hear him laughing back there all the time. <laughs> it's, it's fantastic. And, uh, yeah, Madison, our first brewer, Shout out to Madison uh, Gurris uh, from Reno. Uh, very much different than Danny was. Danny is. Danny's very effervescent. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas Madison was very businesslike and getting it done, but his recipes were fantastic. So we've been, we actually really got lucky on both ends of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, both of them sort of fell into our lap because it's very different. That's the one thing about opening up a startup brewery in the Treasure Valley is there's not a lot of in-valley talent to draw from. Yeah. So you can't just go, like Edge has four different assistant brewers that are dying to become their own head brewer. They don't have that. You know, even Payette or Sockeye doesn't have that. So we had to go outside of the territory Mm -hmm. to find Madison and then Danny, it just, right timing, right place, everything happened for him. So um, I can't recreate that. Right. And we have expansion plans and opening other breweries around the county mm-hmm. and other tap rooms. There's sort of a different, there's sort of a shift change in, or a paradigm shift, if you will, of the business model for how to be successful as a small brewery. We're a 10-barrel brewery. We're very small. We're at the smallest edge of actually being a viable commercial brewery. Mm-hmm. It's 10 barrels. So um, the previous model was to go out, get with a distributor, get your beer distributed out there, um, and then you make very small margins on that beer. Really? But you make, yeah, so. Uh, so it needs to be mass quantity in order to make You it have to be mass quantity, yeah, okay. yeah. I've heard shipping is one of the biggest issues with it that. It is, I mean, they've gotta pay for shifting, shifting but uh, they also, the distributor makes their money they're a middleman between us and the retailer. Mm-hmm. And so the, the distributor forces a price on us that they can make a profit on selling it to the retailer. Yeah. Whereas I could go direct to the retailer. And in Idaho, you can brew up to 5,000 barrels and do a direct um, direct distribution on your own. Okay. So we can, which will never be that big, but um, uh, I can go directly to a retailer like a pre for example, mm-hmm. and sell them my beer for the same price that the distributor is selling it for, and I can make more money on it. Okay. Now, that same barrel, that same half barrel of beer that I sell to them, I make six or seven times as much in my tap room. Right. Yeah. Selling yeah. it by the pint, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so it's better to open up another tap Absolutely. room at a certain juncture, yeah. So in Idaho, they allow you to have two tap rooms per production facility. Okay. And we can have up to two production facilities, so that means we could have four produ- we could have four tap rooms in Treasure Valley. Okay, and that's our goal. Okay, so that's how we're going to grow that way. Oh, right that's on. awesome. Yeah. yeah, and so that's gonna that's the most that's the most viable. Right model now, then. that's the most viable model for a small brewery. So it's, it's the tap room is strategic then, because if you're just brewing your own beer, it probably isn't as valuable to distribute it yourself, even. It isn't. I lose money when, uh, uh, compared to the profit margin I get mm-hmm. off of what I sell in my 
taproom, but there is a value to selling it to retailers, and that's basically branding and marketing. Yeah. I always so if you wonder get the, why some smaller local breweries, you can only find maybe a 22 ounce of their beer in the store and not, you know, six packs and all these variety packs and da 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 da. That's very that's expensive. Why. It's yeah. very expensive to do that, right? It's package, yeah. We call that packaging. So you either go in bottles or cans, right? A canning line, just to buy one, is going to cost you about $120,000. Oh, oh my wow. gosh. Yeah. And so there are mobile canners that will come to your place and can for you. But even then, when you're selling your can, you're getting pennies on the dollar what you could get selling it in a glass in your tap room. Hmm. Where you have actual control over the beer. Yeah. You know, instead of Albertsons having it or whatever, right? That, yeah, so leave it in the hot sun for like five days. Who knows, like, right? Yeah. Who knows, right? It doesn't, mm-hmm. you know, not, I'm sure they wouldn't do it on purpose. No. But, you know, yeah. I, I pointed that out. I remember when Sockeye started canning, I, I, I found someone at a grocery store. They had it all out and they, they weren't, um, they weren't supposed. They were supposed to stay chilled when they first started because exactly. it was not. You should say chilled from the brewery out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. So I'm like, uh, this isn't. Yeah, right, yeah. Uh, they were just like sitting this outside, isn't pasteurized like in the at all. Degree. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, do, no, I, I guarantee you, they pasteurize the beer. Oh, do they? They do. Yeah, we all do. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's pretty much what what you do. So, oh. um, so when we make a beer, we take after we make a mash, which is the liquid on top of the grains. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We take that liquid out and put it in a kettle, and we raise it up to boiling to pasteurize it. Oh, okay. You have to do that, or else you get pathogens and all kinds of stuff in your beer that give you worst case off flavor. Oh, worst case is poisoning. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the best case would be off flavor. Well, what, what would cause yeah. the What would cause the beer to skunk a lot more of, quickly? A lot of well, what causes the beer to skunk it is actually UV rays. Okay. That's why Heineken in a green bottle. Yeah. It doesn't block UV rays or skunk beer. Yeah. Any beer you buy in a Corona. Do not buy <laughs> beer unless it's in a brown bottle, please. Period. Wow. Or a can. Can's even better. Yeah. Because it blocks everything. 100%. Right. right? Huh. So I think brown bottles block 95%. So it's pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Right on. What about Corona? So I can't yeah. drink. <laughs> what? A lot okay, of lime. So, so what, what, what skunks a beer is the hops. Okay. The hops cause the skunkiness. Like if you drink a Heineken, everybody's drinking Heineken before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know that skunk. Um, so Corona has very few hops in it, therefore yeah. it doesn't get skunk. Our beers are not hop forward beers. No. You know, mm-hmm. we're, that's not, our main taste comes from the yeast and from the malt. Mm-hmm. And therefore we could probably survive a little bit longer, but you'll still, we still use hops and that would still skunk if you had the UV rays hitting it. Mm. So, yeah. Right on. That's Stain- good to know. Stainless steel is your friend. In the yeah. bottle. It's <laughs> best just to go right to the brewery and drink it the, right out yeah, of the right. It's better the for brewery. it's better for you as a consumer. Yes. yes. Yeah. It's better for yes. the money's going to the right spot. Yes. yes. What did you what did you learn about uh about us regulations and and how how was that process navigating that opening up a brewery? So regulations was interesting. I, I, I talked to a lot of brewers before, a lot of local brewers here that are my friends and uh, they've all had different experiences with it. Mm-hmm. I found it not to be that bad. Um, I found it to be pretty easy. The federal is the easiest. Okay. Mm-hmm. The state is the hardest, and the local is the next easiest. So, okay. Na- Napa has been great with us. Uh, ABC, Idaho ABC, took a little bit longer, but they were fine. Um, and then TTB, which is the IRS, they collect the taxes on our beer. Mm-hmm. For for feds and they were the easiest by far. 
Okay, so you're paying taxes just for brewing, kind of? Or oh, absolutely. How does that work? Yeah, okay. so we pay taxes before you buy a beer. Okay. So uh, one of the reasons why beers have gone up because they've raised the taxes. Okay. Yeah, one of the reasons you're paying $6 a pint instead of $5 a pint is because the government has raised taxes somewhere along the way. Or some ingredient like hops have gone up in price. Okay. So, yeah. So how does that work when they tax you then before you even... So you we obviously there's sales tax. Yeah, you well sales that I'm not even talking about sales tax. Yeah. I'm just talking about ABC tax and okay. TTB tax. Okay. So TTB they go off of what your production is. It doesn't matter how much you sell. Uh, okay. So you just report what, how many you barrels report how you much have. you make. Yeah. Exactly. How many you have to for sale. Mm-hmm. And then uh the um ABC is more on what you sold and what you bought or what you produced and then that's based, so it's sort of based on sales. It's sort of a sales tax more than the TTB is. Okay. And uh, both of them allow you, like if you have to dump a beer or something like that, you know, it didn't turn out the way you want, you know, you dump a beer because I don't want to serve you a bad beer. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So uh, when they do that, we dump it and then we get to claim that. Okay. So oh. we don't pay taxes on that. But that's it. That's the only exception we have. Dang. And we have to report that. Uh, TTB every three months and ABC every month. Yeah. Wow, monthly. Monthly. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And that's out. It's because of alcohol. These are probably. Uh, yeah, alcohol is definitely the most regulated business in the world. It's even more regulated than the banks you put your money in. Oh, I believe that. I yeah. used to work in or banking. medical or anything else. <laughs> I saw some crazy things happening yeah. in yeah, he, 2007. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you worked there in 2007. <laughs> oh, that, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, seven, yeah. yeah, he was just rolling yeah. around in money. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I didn't actually see this, but I heard stories. That's where you bought the mansion from. I can't yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, we're paying $60 a month. It's going to go up later, yeah. but I don't know. The American yeah, yeah. taxpayer paid for that. Yeah, exactly. Because right. I just screwed it out of there after my bonuses. So which is my room? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was that was pretty wild. It was pretty wild during yeah. that time. But uh, so so regulations. Uh, obviously, people if they want to open up a brewery, they need to make sure that they have passion for it. Yeah, it sounds like the regulations are actually pretty. Navigable. It's pretty straightforward, navigable. I, I mean, you're still dealing with IRS, so the language is weird. Okay. And then uh, ABC is more straightforward, but they take a little mm. longer. Did you have to get a lawyer to help you out with navigating any of this? A stuff, lot of people or? do. We did not. No. Okay. Yeah. Um, and from my, uh, there's a lot of forums online that you can go to talk to people about who are who have open breweries or are doing this at the same time as you are. And so most of them just counseled me to not hire somebody to do it. That it's easy enough to do on my own. Okay. And I found that that was true. Got it. So uh, if you can actually fill out your tax return, you can probably do this as far as regulations go. That's yeah. great. Yeah. So, I, don't, I don't fill out a tax return, so. But yeah, Zoe does, do. so yeah, yeah. It's yeah, yeah. fine. <laughs> yeah. So um, you said you like German beers, German yep. and Belgian style? German and Belgian. What is your current favorite uh, sipping beer right now? Saison is always my favorite beer. Saison? Mm, Saison is yes. my favorite beer. And you have one on tap. Saison does not mean session. It also doesn't mean your sister. I'm just, these are comments we get in the brewery. Uh, <laughs> Wait, what is a Saison? Yeah, what is a Saison? Yeah, what is a Saison? Uh, so a Saison is a farmhouse beer. So what happened in the old days in France, northern France, southern Belgium, they had farms. And so the farmer would brew his own beer for his workers hmm. to have at lunch or dinner. They brewed two types. One was called a Saison, one was called a beer de garde, which was the winter beer, which was a little higher in alcohol. Okay. Mm-hmm. To get you through the winter months. Yeah. Right? So um, 
Cezanne literally you can do anything with a Cezanne. It's the most flexible of styles of beers. Uh, you'll see sour Cezannes. You'll see like ours. Uh, right now we have an orange honey Cezanne. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll have all that kind of stuff. Um, so you can play around a lot, which is one of the reasons why I like it. You know, I homebrew for over 20 years, and so Cezanne was my favorite style to make of that, and that was part of it. Uh, the other part is um, if I was going to choose another one, it would be a triple, which we haven't made yet. So, oh, okay. Yeah. So well, those are like those are like ass kicking or butt kicking beers. They are. I just said that I wasn't going to swear, but yeah, whatever. <laughs> they're they're like nine percent or yeah, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're pretty up there, you know. Yeah. So yeah, I used to love triples. I lived in Spain for a little while, and then Spain has kind of not very good beer, but it has okay. There's some so, good cervezas in Spain. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's some good yeah. cervezas, but uh, but I remember I wanted something that was a little bit more because I wanted something yeah, that was yeah, more hard hitting. So there was. So one, you got a Belgian. Yeah, there was one Belgian bar right. in Madrid that I used to yeah. get on the train because there was I lived in Toledo. I get on the train and go to that one place. So yeah, how, how far a train ride was it? It was 20 minutes. It was. Oh, I live in Toledo. Oh, yeah, I live in Toledo. That's not much of a sacrifice. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was gonna say, that's a beer drinker, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, five hours, and then I would sit there and I get okay. really drunk, and then take yeah, the five yeah. hours back. At least you had a train. You weren't driving. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Sleep on the car. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> nice. All right. So when you're doing, uh, when you're opening up a new location, no. because obviously you kind of hit a good niche here in Canyon County. Yeah. Um, but you're gonna be looking to possibly open up another spot what would you recommend people look for if they have the if they have the gumption to go ahead and do it they have the passion but then they're trying to find that location if you what? if we're strictly talking about breweries mm-hmm. uh open up next to food places mm-hmm. okay that way you don't have to do the food so smart yeah yeah well and then you generate more <coughs> business because people aren't coming for one beer or two beers getting hungry exactly and leaving. now the other thing is put yourself around other breweries I mean, yeah. if you yeah. if you look at Garden City and how many breweries and wine, uh, cideries and wineries they have down there, True. there's enough to make people go down there. For, if you if you're by yourself, it's a bad place to be. Hmm. You don't want to be the first one. You don't want to be the first duck that lands on the pond, mm. sort of okay. thing. So that's what I would say. Look around. Is there enough food sources that you know we allow people to bring food in our our place? We also are about to launch. A uh, hot dog cart. Hmm. Yep. So we're gonna have uh, kielbasas, brat, beer brats. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, uh, chorizos and 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 hot dogs. And so uh, you need food with the beer because otherwise people will get up and get hungry and leave. Yeah. Right. So we need somebody to keep their butts in the seats. Yeah. Yes. Makes sense. So. That's a good point, too, about like being around other people, too, because I feel like sometimes there's a mentality when you open up a business where you see everyone that's not you as like kind of like a competition. Yeah. You don't want to, you know, yeah. where it's more about collaboration. Well, that's I guess. what I love about downtown Napa is everybody collaborating yeah. so much. Yeah, it's it's just a fun place to be at. Yeah. So you're not like you're not screaming across the street to pre-funk Absolutely, ever. no. <laughs> that's <No>. my customer. <laughs> Unless you're yelling, come over here, people that work there. I do have to hold my tongue when I go in there and I go, how come I haven't seen you in the last couple of days? But, you know, <laughs> but, you, know you can't do that. You know? <laughs> yeah. Not keep yeah. good relations with pre-funk. <laughs> but um, pre-funk has been fantastic for us. You know, I, I can can't tell you how many questions I've asked them because their business and our business are very similar. Mm. You know, when it comes down to it, yeah, we're making our own beer, but they sell great beer and uh, it hasn't hurt them and it hasn't hurt us. So 
cool. Very cool. And awesome. the, the food choices we have around it are fantastic too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So it's turning into a place to hang out downtown Nampa. Yeah, yeah. When I first, when I moved here, I remember when did we move here? 2015. Yeah. Yeah. That was, uh, there was pre-funk and then that was it. It was, just that was I, it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was messenger. Well, messenger, messenger yeah. was there. Yeah, pre-funk yeah. and messenger. But it's yeah. like, if you didn't want pizza, you were kind of like, you're right. out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, you ate pizza anyways. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Those were the choices. Or breadsticks. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Right on. So is there anything coming up that people should know about at 2C Family Brewing? Yeah, absolutely. So tonight is, uh, which I don't know when you're going to publish this. Um, we upload it. It'll probably be up by seven. Okay. Yeah. So tonight we have uh, Brushes and Brews, which is come in and paint and drink beer, um, which is always good to see what people come up with. Oh, cool. They get a little tipsy. Um, like I said, there's a secret lease, release of the, it's called Song of Solomon Dark Chocolate Quad. Cool. And that one's, uh, we're going to release it officially tomorrow. And then uh, and next week on Thursday, we have our Chamber of Commerce ribbon cutting with Mesa and with Holy Cow Burgers. Okay. We're all cutting our ribbons at the same time, so that should be fun. Nice. And we have Danger Beard up playing that night. Oh, nice. Yeah, which that's a, that's fantastic the, band. Yes, the band, the Brewers yeah, band. Yeah, that's Daniel's yeah. band, yeah. Oh, is, awesome. Yeah, really solid. He's a really good drummer, too. Yeah, oh, dang it. He's get, got all the skills. Come out and get your funk on Yeah, at 2C. That's what Sweet. it is. Yeah. <laughs> cool. It. Well, thanks for coming on. Should we end with a joke and a hat? Yeah, let's do a joke and a hat. Take a joke from a hat when you read it, I'll bet that you make someone laugh. It's a joke from a hat. Who would like to do the honor? I have a, this week's hat is uh, from Ecuador. It's a wool hat and it's 100% manufactured in Ecuador. Oh. Have you worn it? Um, I'm sure I have. I don't, I don't remember. <laughs> That's a little scary. Now. Do you want to do it? You I'm do doing it. it. I was okay. scared because I'm allergic to wool, but oh, okay. just, I went for it. You went quick. All right, everyone. What is the best way to keep your ears warm on a cold, wintry day? Cover them with your hands. Ooh. Ooh, that's a bad one. That's a bad yeah. one. Can we pick another? <laughs> <laughs> no, only one. Only one. We haven't run into a good one yet. Though, all right. so. <laughs> We're going for so the record. So we're keeping the streak loaded. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you all for joining us. You can go to LowerGentryStudios.com to catch uh, this episode of Treasure Valley Podcast as well as previous episodes of Treasure Valley Podcast. Um, also, uh, Twin Falls Sandwiches Film Festival is going to be coming up here in a short while. You'll be able to see us there if you're looking for a film festival. Lower Gentry Studios will be representing with their web series and our web series, Canyon County. Sweet. All right. Sweet. Is that okay? Yeah, perfect.